Hi, and welcome to Tales from the Plantation. Just want to wish you all a happy new year and thank you for continuing to listen to us. We've been pottering for five years now and there's no use talking to ourselves. We couldn't have done it without you lovely listeners, so thank you again. We had to edit a couple of parts of the show due to technical difficulties, so please excuse the jumps. As always, you can find us at Instagram, Tales from the Plantation, Twitter at Plantation Tales to keep up with Harry Tubman, Facebook, Tales from the Plantation, and to continue the conversation, hashtag Tales from the Plantation. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and wherever else you can get good podcasts. Now sit back and enjoy the show. trade-off with the, like with the devil yeah because, because she... it... go on no no please carry on no i just i just think i'm agreeing with you it's just she's not doing it like <laughs> i don't like, know her songs haven't been doing it either the she has on her she has a couple of like show me love i think it was a really nice song no, no um, don't get me wrong. The some songs are okay, but they're not to like the magnitude of like Diary or Fallen, Falling. Was it Falling? Yeah, yeah, like, true. Before she was with him, like I feel like Alicia Keys is on like icon level, and it's so dwindled. I mean, don't get me wrong; she's probably richer than she's ever been. But I think that well, I think for most artists, it's difficult to like their first two, three albums. It's often difficult for artists to like top that, but I think with her, it's for me. It's like I understand when like your live voice isn't the same as your studio voice, right? But it's mm. like her studio voice is bad. That's what gets me. Like I understand if live, it's difficult. It's not like like I, I sang at my wedding, and like when I heard how I sang at my wedding compared to how I sang when I practiced, I was like mm. hor- horrified. Like it was not the, it was not the same. But if I was singing in a studio where I have the option for people to be like re-recording bits, doing things in my voice, you should sound perfect. <laughs> There's no reason for you to sound bad in a studio recording. So I don't understand how, I just don't understand how one of the best artists in the world, like, in, well, technically she is. I think she was like, in terms of R&B hit soul, she wants some like record. But like, I don't understand how her studio voice is so bad because she should have all the vocal teachers. She should have all the stuff. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't think she's getting in the studio of teachers. I feel like some people get very complacent. So not everyone does like Beyonce and keeps like going with vocal teachers and getting better. Or if you have a case like Rihanna, where everyone was making fun of you on the internet for so long, you were kind of bullied into being better. I find that so weird because if your voice is your primary instrument, surely, I, I just in my head, record labels, maybe well, maybe Harry can correct me because if I'm wrong, because Harry works in, in music, but don't record labels just give their artists vocal coaches? Um, yes. Yeah. And then all, I would assume. All major labels, like all of the artists, they would all have vocal coaches. But is, right, right? but is it mandatory? But is it mandatory? At a certain no, level. Mandatory, but I think you just it, it would only make sense, right? Like you you have to protect your voice. You need someone 
because on all records, if you look at the credits, they'll have like a vocal producer. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just assuming that happens. Especially if you go on tour, you're going to, like, even if it's just to make sure you're doing proper vocal rest, proper, proper warm-ups, that kind of stuff, because otherwise you could lose your voice in the middle of the tour. And at least she doesn't strike me as the kind of person who's, like, lazy, for sure. And she definitely doesn't strike me as the kind of person who's, like, very So her vocal is called this guy called Ron Anderson, apparently. So, yeah, they all do. Like, I just, I don't see how you'd, you just have to be. Like, you have mm. to have someone to look after your voice. Tell that to the K-pop industry. Uh, okay. So, oh. 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 <laughs> I mean, my question. Wait, are we recording? <laughs> we're recording, and I love it. No, because, uh, you know, let me keep quiet before, I, let me keep quiet before, like, <laughs> set people flog me. Okay, first of all, Miss Sampa, we're not we're not sitting on the bench anymore. Okay, fence time is done. Fence time is done. Okay, twenty twenty three. You don't do fence sitting no more. Twenty twenty three. We stand loud and proud. Ten Wait, toes. you oh, who goodness. is king of the fence? <laughs> okay, this is all talk. I believe what it when I, I hear it. What I don't need you to be doing is bringing up the old me. Okay, mm. who <laughs> I was is not who I am. Okay, and who I am now is not necessarily who I'm going to be by the end of this podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) Accountability is not something we need here. I I rebuke it. But no, my my, my real question is what, what's wrong with it? Like, I I won't pretend to say, oh yeah, I'm I'm still listening to Alicia Keys heavy like that, but what exactly is... Okay, this is what's wrong with Alicia Keys voice. She doesn't ever sing like okay. So it feels like she's never. Um, I expect someone's head voice to sometimes be weak, especially when you're hitting higher notes or transitioning from like your middle voice to your head voice. Her voice is weak, just like in her normal, like her middle voice, her chest voice is just weak, like yeah, basic to, notes. I'm sorry. That, I'm, yeah, okay, but I'm sorry. You people's voices are potentially just deteriorate over time. Like, no, but that's what Mar- I'm saying. Mariah Carey's so voice is deteriorated over time. Yes, but this is but Mariah Carey's been singing for longer yeah. than Alicia Keys. She's and been also singing for longer, but complex it's, vocally things than Alicia vocally no, Alicia no, Keys. yes. I mean, of course, but at the same time, it's not like Alicia hasn't been singing, singing like Alicia's. You know, what I'm saying she goes on, she goes on tour probably like Mariah probably goes on tour maybe a bit more, but I would say like Alicia's done enough tours, enough music in the last how many years? Alicia's been singing for twenty years. Her voice isn't supposed to be the same, is it? Well, in an but ideal I'm not world, saying that, I'm not saying her voice should be the same. No one's expecting Alicia Keys' voice now. Yeah, but she's, like just, her voice is a bit done out. Alicia Keys. This is not comparing her to like her old her voice in, at 16 and being like it should be exactly the same. I'm saying that somebody who sings like the, the note the notes that she's struggling to hit are surprising for somebody like like who is supposed to be, like it's they're not just. It's not just that, it's not Mariah Carey being like, oh, she can't do her whistle register like she used to. That's that's fine. Like, Mariah Carey, to me, doesn't need to prove anything anymore to anybody. She has sung amazingly throughout her career. She can still sing very, very well. And obviously her vocal yeah, are not the same as she as they were 20 years ago. And that's absolutely fine. But I'm not talking about that. I'm mm. talking about, like, basic notes. Like, in a song where the range isn't difficult. Do you see what I mean? Like, it's not a song where there's lots of high notes, lots of low notes. It's just, like, a very like it, it just it's it's odd to me how bad it is that's what i mean like it's just strange to me maybe so, she's got vocal nodules and she's just not spoken about it i don't know 
What you're describing to me is a pop song, then. What well, I guess, but then there's pop is songs it... that are more difficult vocally to sing. Yeah, yeah, but, but I, I think no, but at least no, but Alicia Keys does sing like proper, like do you know what I'm saying? Proper songs, like she writes. Not recent. No, um, I heard that mm-hmm. one of the, her late her, I don't know, was it her latest album? It wasn't too bad. Like the piano versions and stuff. Like I quite enjoyed it. To be honest. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what I said. I, I enjoyed She's a lot broke. of Alicia Keys' new stuff. I just wish somebody. I just listen to them, and because of her, the way her voice is, and you can hear her struggling, you just wish it makes it a bit of an awkward listen. So you just wish always someone else would sing it. Like it's not that. It's not that I don't still like the texture of her voice or the tone. It's just that. You know when you're hearing somebody, you're waiting for them because you know they're not going to either reach the note or like whatever. It's uncomfortable, but it's like it's not. It's not only in certain parts of the song. It's like almost some songs. It's like all the way through. You're feeling like that. Like you're kind of like on edge because she, her voice just sounds shaky. And so I, I, I listened to the song the other day and I was like, oh, I wish like Jasmine Sullivan sang this. So I wish that somebody else random sang this instead of yeah, her. Well, and it's no shade to her because I think she's a great artist and I think she's iconic. It just no sounds shade, like you struggling. You just you're struggling with singing, which is your entire career. But anyway, I know, um, she's, a, she's a writer. She's fact, a musician. She plays. Hold up, hold up. No, but the thing is, though, I do have to interject. So I see where Nezzy is coming from. It's like, yes, be like singing is the base, but when you're someone like Alicia Keys, where you're known almost as much as for your piano playing as the singing, it's like sometimes oh, it's me- like you. Sorry. No, go on, go on. I was going to say, I feel like she's not someone like a Mariah Carey who has to lean in on the voice so much. Because she's got other, because ta- she's got other talents, which is why I think she's still well, yeah, where she, she is. Because she's got she's... other stage talents. Like when she did, when, what was it? When she was hosting the Grammys and she did like the opening song and she was playing two mm. pianos at the same time. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. She could have been singing the alphabet and I wouldn't have cared because I was just in awe. Yeah, that's what, if there's one thing I would say, she's like, to me, one of the greatest pop artists of our time. Like, in terms of the stuff that, like, You Don't Know My Name, to me, is a perfect song. Agreed. Yeah, she's got, she's written some amazing songs. And I loved watching her perform. Even the Tiny Jeff that she did recently, even though her voice still wasn't the best, it was still a great performance. And she leaned more heavily on her background singers, which I think you could tell. And to me, that was fine. Like, I don't need... I mean, hasn't she always? With her voice. I, if you want to leave in your background, that's fine to me. Wait, okay, let's not say always. Let's, what, I mean, fine, sort of. <laughs> okay, come on. I remember, Did like, the Unplugged. <laughs> remember the Unplugged album? I know, yes, everyone says Jermaine Paul outside, but that's an unfair thing. I mean, I right? love the Unplugged, but I'm thinking about even, what is it, the song um, Diary. Are we really going to sit here and act like yeah, background vocals? Yeah, I know what you're saying, but you have to think. And it's though. not about. I'm not even mad at it. No, no, but that's. The, I mean, that's how it is, though. In when it comes down to BVs, you always have BVs normally who can sing as well as or better than the people they're sing they're singing it's for. It's true. That's Luther the case Vandross was a background case, singer. That's the case of everybody. like Luther Vandross did BVs for like. Well, I'm not going to compare Luther and Stevie, but speaking of comparisons, I don't know if you guys saw the Rolling Stone list oh. of oh, 200 oh, greatest singers that. of all time so, listen listen so just for people just for people who don't know basically the rolling stone a uh, rolling stone magazine is a magazine that's um they've been publishing about music for the last like i don't know must be like 50 years or more um but they basically put 
they basically put a list of their 200, what they think are the 200 greatest singers. So they said, before you start scrolling and commenting, keep in mind that this is the greatest singers list, not the greatest voices list. Talent is impressive. Genius is transcendent. Uh, sure, many of the people here were born with massive pipes, perfect pitch and boundless range. Others have rougher, stranger or more delicate instruments. As our write-up for the man who ended up at number 112 notes, Ozzy Osbourne doesn't have what most people would call a good voice, but boy, does he have a great one. That could apply to more than a few people here. In all cases, what mattered most to us was originality, influence, the depth of an artist's catalogue and the breadth of their musical legacy. So, Sorry, Ozzy Osbourne doesn't have a good one, but a good voice, but he has a great one. Or as in because it's distinctive. Or yeah, that's basically what that's basically what they're saying. So, um, so they should have articulated matters. that better. So they, yeah, right. But they said so. What matters is originality, influence, the depth of an artist's catalog, and the breadth of their musical legacy. What they should have said is the hundredth greatest, like like artists. I would say, them pop. Yeah, artists, not singers. Yeah, but artists would have been more difficult. Like I understand why they said singers and not voices, but I think they should have just done a voices list because the they singers should list, have because the singers list is just but hold on because singers means to me that you're talking about their their singing. Yeah, but then exactly. it's like, right. No, 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 but it's not. And I think that's what they're saying. It's like, we're calling it a singer's list, but it's artists who sing. That's basically what they're saying. <laughs> that's basically the point. And it's like... Okay, fine. Okay, which is, I don't mean... Which, is why, which is why this is their even, list. Even with that, it still wouldn't... The list still would have been trash to me. So, Chateau, so there's there's a number <laughs> of reasons why this list is, is terrible. L- reason one, 193, we have Brandy. That, yeah. that in itself is a that in itself. It just shows that who, it's, it just shows in itself the people who did this don't really didn't understand how she's impacted music nowadays because they said originality, influence, depth of catalog, and breadth of musical legacy. If someone's called the vocal bible, how could they be 193? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But wasn't Michael Jackson like 86? I think so. I would say so. I was going to come, but I think that to me is probably the the biggest. So there's two, there's two really egregious ones. That one, MJ, Rihanna being above MJ to me just shows that the, it makes the list pointless. It like, was clickbait. It was nothing it but clickbait. Because it doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense because I'm like, if we're going to compare MJ and Rihanna in terms of catalogue, it's not a contest. Exactly. If when you compare Rihanna them in terms of singing, singing ability. Michael Jackson. Yeah, I'm like, in terms of singing ability, it's also not a contest. In terms of originality, it's also not a contest. In terms of influence, it's also not a contest. So what? <laughs> Thank so you. Rihanna's Rihanna's sixty eight, and what what's jokes is they put they said with Rihanna an alto whose range spans three octaves. Rihanna isn't just one of the biggest pop singers around. <laughs> no, She's sorry, one of the can we voice- stop, 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 stop? Can I just say how can you say an, a range who's who um, spans three octaves? Is that something significant and not just a basic thing for most people? The thing say? is, the thing is, what I would say, I do feel like it's like say people- an alto who can hit uh, a middle C. I think people, <laughs> I don't no, know why I think, you even said that. <laughs> I'm going to say, say something that? that you might go. I think Rihanna, she's not. I think people get onto her voice more than they need to. I don't, I don't think, think her voice is bad. It's just more. It's more. It's It's not bad. Yeah, she's. I agree. She's. Her voice is nothing to write home it's about. Not, it's not bad. I mean, I think Rihanna's got a terrible voice. I just don't think Rihanna is not a singer that any singer who sings would look at and be like, "I really want to be able to do what Rihanna does with her voice." Chris Martin says she's the Frank Sinatra of our generation. Who said that? Chris Martin. Oh, good Lord. My thing is, though, if you want to call, like, if we are looking at 
influence and Rihanna as a pop star and a superstar. I'm like, yes, give the woman all of her flowers. Because even before we get into everything that she has done with Fenty Beauty, we, are, we cannot act like Rihanna didn't have major impact. Rihanna did that shaved half hair, like hairstyle, and every black girl I knew went out and did it. Rihanna dyed her hair red for the loud era. And again, every woman I knew went out and dyed their hair red. I'm not going to act like Rihanna's impact as a superstar and what she has done in fashion is not absolutely incredible, which has spanned over to what she's done in Fenty. But that list is egregious. How is she above Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson should be number one. The end. Okay. That, I, I, would, I will disagree with you I, on that, mm-hmm. but that's okay. But I, 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 I don't do think... Then, then it, if it's going to be above Michael Jackson, then it should be James Brown. I just, I just think, I think MJ has to be top ten, maybe top. 10, five. Yeah. No, no, top, he's got to be top, top three. If we're top, talking about musical influence, about, yeah, it's because they said originality, influence, depth of catalog. You got to put. Him yeah, especially if depth of catalog. Who has outsold yeah, him yeah. to this day? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. In that sense, if it was by their def- by, by my standards, like a, what makes a, the the best singer, I wouldn't say MJ top five for me but in terms of like the best artist and influence i think undeniably he's it's just up you there. can't it's just but like to me, rihanna, i don't understand him. because does rihanna write her own songs no I think not, written, maybe on the anti-album maybe she had input on anti but anti was the last of her eight albums i, I, I think she writes a couple she has input into the writing but what i'm saying is what that, makes that rihanna that woman barely has writing enough. credits yeah, what makes her influential as an artist to me is like if you're influential as an artist, is that you either write the music, or you're very involved in the like in making the song what it is, or the performances or whatever. To me, and for me, like for example, Beyonce clearly has so much creative control. Like she is so involved and invested in what she what happens. Rihanna to me is a is an amazing like businesswoman. Like if I think she's iconic in that sense. Like if you ask me in terms of influential black women in our generation. I think Rihanna's definitely up there on the top. What she's done with Fenty is absolutely, like, it's unheard of. Unprecedented. Unprecedented, like, it's literally unprecedented. So all those things that I agree with, but, and I agree to, oh, sorry, Harry, that her voice isn't, like, terrible. I don't think Rihanna's got a bad voice. I just don't think, I just think Rihanna's voice is any voice that you could pluck up from anywhere. Like, I think you could just go... Oh, of course, you, it's just, it's not... I think you could go into the streets of Lucian. Really. I think you could just go through Lucian and pick out, like, a bunch of light-skinned girls that, that can sing, basically, and they could do what Rihanna's done in on terms of vocally on tracks. Uh, not okay, necessarily what if we're talking about vocally, but uh, if we're talking about who she is as a star... What yeah, yeah, that doesn't, doesn't come music. into this list. But it doesn't come into this list, though. Yeah, so, you're right. But it so, talks what, about music, but it talks about influence, so... No, it's if, just... No, but it's talking about... Musical, musical influence. influence. It's not talking about, it's, it's a music influence. magazine. So, if we're talking about pop stars, then fine. Yeah. Bring in Madonna. Madonna's not on the list. If the list does not include that, then fine, fair enough. Yeah, because Madonna, I don't think Madonna's on the list because she can't sing, right? Like, Wait, so Rihanna's on this list, but Madonna isn't. Throw this whole list away. Because I don't think Rihanna's voice is that much more amazing than Madonna's voice. Exactly. Like, I, I don't think it is. I don't think Madonna's voice is... Madonna's voice is definitely worse. Let's, let's be real, it's worse. But I don't think yeah. Rihanna's voice is astronomically better than um, than Madonna's voice to the point that what Madonna's done with music 
would guess be completely nostalgic compared to what Rihanna's Okay, but what? Okay, but here's the thing. What I would say is, if you go that, if you, so another thing that was egregious to me. So Ella Fitzgerald is number forty-five. Ridiculous! Ridiculous! And then Absolutely. Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande is number forty-three. I would like to find <laughs> ridiculous. To me is, which to me is just is just it makes the whole list ridiculous. Aaliyah is above Ella Fitzgerald, which uh, to, is crazy. However, what I would say is their top their top like five. Their top five is pretty I, decent. I can I can vouch it like Aretha Franklin at one, Whitney Houston at two, Sam Cooke at three. Fine. Billy Holiday four, Mariah Carey five. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even put it in this order. But I'd say. But I Stevie don't Wonder, number seven. Beyonce, I don't eight. I'd not say like. I feel like the, their top ten was actually okay. I don't like, begrudge. However, that I just people. don't think. I don't think it makes. I just feel like you can't have a top ten list where you've given those criteria and not have MJ in it. And I, I say this as someone knows. who's not a stan of him. I just yeah, I'm not a fan of MJ at all. Well, no, I you say I'm not a stan. I, I am a I think I think he's got I think he's got great music, but I just, I'm just saying. In the room. I just think there's, it, <laughs> but I think I think it's because of what they put next to what he said. They're like because of whatever the allegations clouded whatever. I'm like, is, I'm like this is I'm like this is not allegations. Okay, okay. Bro. Yeah. Was R Kelly on the list? Because R Kelly should have been on. No, the list. Eric is, R Kelly's not on the list. But he if I'm real, real, R Kelly should be on the list. Like, come on, if we're being real, <laughs> yeah, you got real. Should be on the list. If we're being real about musical influence, like R Kelly should be. R Kelly has to be on the list. No, it's true. That's fair. But at the same time, they they can't put R Kelly on the list. No, they can't. <laughs> you but, can't. But technically, he yeah. Be on the list, but and he can't be on the list. I don't. And I'm fine not seeing him. No, there. I'm, fine, I'm fine with not seeing him. I'm, let's just be clear. I'm fine with not having pedophiles on this. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we're if we're doing an honest list about musical influence, okay, he's there. Was, was Elvis on the list? Of course. What do you mean? Was Elvis on the Elvis was I'm, like I'm top just saying, based on Leslie's, people list? Based on Nezzy's last statement, I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no. Elvis is definitely on the list. Um, Luther Vandross oh, was Luther Vandross was thirty one. Um, Thunderfire! Right, this whole list stop, 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 stop. was Elvis a pedophile? What did I just say? What do you Married mean? Married a fourteen year old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a pedo. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! Yeah, Eddie, yeah, but Elvis was seventeen. He was number seventeen. Basically, they have some sort of a jet. Like, I don't know. They must have some agenda against Michael MJ because no one. Eddie, yeah. if you ask anyone on the street, like. Top no, ten. I, th- oh, no. I think ask anyone do. in the industry. I should say sorry. Top I think they do because because remember when Harry Styles was on the cover of Rolling Stone last year, and they did they made this whole big thing because Harry they put basically Harry Styles's face on the cover of every Rolling Stone across the world. So basically, India, Korea, uh, the UK one, the US one, Mexico, all that good jazz. And the UK edition called him the king of pop and the internet had a meltdown to the point where Mike, Michael Jackson's own nephews were like, um, so sorry, title died with our uncle. Like, and I think even the average person was like, Harry Styles, a king of pop, where? Bro, can I tell How? you this? What I don't is, know a single, what, I don't what? know a single Harry Styles song. I was going to say, I don't know Harry Styles song. What does he, what does he and, and this is what I think people don't understand. I'm like, the reason why MJ is... There's a reason yeah, why MJ he's is unavoidable. Top, it's, he's unavoidable. Even like, if you don't but, like his music, even if you don't he's like him, you have to. You have to, you have to respect like, it. You, you are forced to know Billie Jean. You're forced yeah, to know Billie you Jean. are because yeah. it's just like when you do a gathering. At some point, someone. It's just. It's just how it is. It, like, and even if I'm you like, think of, sorry, yeah, carry no, on. go, go, no, finish, finish. I was going to say, even if you think about art, uh, like think about 
chart sales, no one has topped Thriller to this day. And we're talking about a time where, you know, people had to physically go out and buy albums. If you want to talk about influence, the man has been dead since 2009 and you can still see his influence in music and in the dance community to this day. The man is unavoidable. I feel like the average person can name at least three Michael Jackson songs. Yeah, even whereas, if you don't like him, even if you don't raise him, if you think you think he's yeah. like the worst human in the world, you know his presence is still so prominent in the music However, industry. On the other side, I guess they would say everyone can probably name at least three Rihanna songs even if they don't like her. No, like my dad absolutely. My dad doesn't even know who Rihanna is. Honestly, I can probably see that. And I would say, who is that a girl from church? That's what he would say. He generally does not know who Rihanna is. Okay, okay. But he knows who Beyonce is. He calls Beyonce Bouncy. He doesn't know who Beyonce is. So precious. That girl's name, Bouncy. But he knows who she is. He knows who she is. No, but but what I would say is, at the same time, there's really great names on the list. And it's nice to see like people like D'Angelo, who is just one of the most iconic voices just... Amen and amen. Like, where is Celine Dion? Huh? Where is Celine Dion? Yeah, that was a weird me, one. I, I that thought was, was crazy. white people. Like, but at like, the same time, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, but no, it was black people calling about Celine Dion, boy. Black people Actually, were well, there's a, they, there were protests what? outside Rolling Stones headquarters by Celine Jamaican, Dion. Jamaicans love Jamaicans love Celine Dion and Haitians love Celine Dion. What I don't understand. Okay, what I don't know why. What is it? Would you Would you ever don't you just think that's tap though? That's what going outside to protest someone not being in a magazine. Like, don't you Bro, have? Let me tell you something. I, I I work with I work alongside K-pop. That does not surprise me at all. The things that I have seen fans do. I've well, okay, what's the, fans, what's, the, what's the craziest thing you've seen a fan do? I've seen fans turn up outside. Um, SM, that's one of the biggest companies in South Korea, turn up outside their headquarters to protest because one of the members got married and his fiance was pregnant. And because their contracts work in a way that, no, contractually for some, uh, contractually for some K-pop companies, but it was uh, a kind of understood rule that you're not meant to date because you're meant to look accessible for your fans. And people had been kicked out of groups for people finding out they're in a relationship. Wait, so that what? Y- yeah, got, y- yeah. That sounds a bit like. I mean, that isn't that a bit mad. It you can't is, be in a relationship. It's very mad. I can't be in your contract, surely. It has right. been. We saw very two prominent artists, Hiana and Don, were kicked out of their company. Well, they left their company, but it was kind of understood they were going to kick them out because it came out that they had been dating for two years. Oh, so wait, what if and the fans got mad? Um, not, um, people were upset. The company, that's two separate couples, but this particular guy, Chen from EXO in Korea, the fans were very, very upset. Uh, they were protesting. So some actually turned up outside the company with signs. Um, recently when the, all the artists from the company had a concert, um, when it came time for him to be on stage, there's this thing that they call the Black Ocean. So every K-pop group has light sticks and you like your fans wave them um, when you're performing, like, you know, to show support. And when he came on, all the fans turned theirs off. So it's called a Black Ocean and it's a, like a huge sign of disrespect. 
Wow. I just, honestly, I just, <laughs> yeah, that is, that's wild to me. Like it's it's wild, but it's it's a thing because I I guess the record labels have you know found that you know it it maximizes on the parasocial relationship like they invest deeply in that fan relationship. But the, but my thing is I don't understand why the fan relationship is contingent on you being single. Like oh, no, because people like to have imagination. Like in yeah. their imagination, they they want to be they always want the potential that they could one day be in a relationship. Like I'm trying to think, who was your who was your celebrity like teen crush? Who was the person that you? Oh, Marion for B2K, and when he started going off Claire from My Wife and Kids, I hated her. Thirteen year old me was pissed. <laughs> I Leslie, can't... who was oh. yours? Who was yours? So I had quite weird celebrity crushes. Do you know what? Shut up. For those of you who don't understand that joke, Randy Ski is a part is a is an aging pastor. Harry's <laughs> <laughs> so, just an idiot. Um, my celebrity crush when I was um, I always liked Morris Chestnut and I liked this guy this is really weird he's like a journalist and uh, not a journalist he's like a writer called uh, and like a commentator Mark Lamont Hill when I was like 15 I used to be really I understand it though I understand politics. it no, Mark Lamont Hill I mean he's a, he's a bit of a yeah right. but he used to go on Fox News and like argue with these right wing people and I used to just 15 year old me just found that very hot oh my goodness I mean, this is so on brand for you <laughs> Yeah, it's very it's very it's actually very but looking back on it it's quite sad speaking but, no it's um, not speaking <laughs> truth to power you found that attractive yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing very attractive like he was my celebrity crush and so. some of us were just very basic and liked Michael Ely uh, Michael Ely I think everybody can understand that Those thank you thank eyes, you man, they're piercing yeah I, I will say this <laughs> okay, though Harry. I will I will say this though I feel like I should put it out there that what happens in K-pop is just very forward and honest about what happens in the music industry, period. So you will find that behind the scenes in the Western music industry, you'll find that groups, it's mainly males, um, that they're told behind the scenes, oh, you you can't have a girlfriend, especially when you're freshly coming out, you can't have that. You have to look as accessible as possible. And statistically, it has been shown that, you know, when these guys eventually do come out with, you know, girlfriends, uh, spouses, you know, fans get annoying and rude and disrespectful. I mean, what is it? Justin Bieber's fans still give his wife grief because some of them are still attached to the fact that he was dating Selena Gomez. So they, yeah, so they, they hate her for no other reason than she's not Selena Gomez. I was watching a podcast the other day and, uh, not podcast, it's like a TV clip. And Montel Jordan, you know, this is how we do it. Yeah. He was married, and when he came on the scene, his record label told him to say that he was single, and mm-hmm. he did. And he ended up cheating on his wife, and he said, he was like, oh, if you keep presenting yourself as, like, not married, and you act not married, eventually you're going to, like, do not married things. And I was like, mm, babe, I feel like that's a bit of a cop-out, but anyway. Um, but I thought that was wild, because I can't imagine my husband pretending to the rest of the world that I did not exist. Nicki Minaj did the same thing. Nicki Minaj was pretending for the longest time that she wasn't with Safari. She was calling him her assistant to the world. I mean, but he was. (laughs) I mean, true. But the thing is, though, (laughs) like she had been with the guy for like, I don't know, I'm exaggerating, but like seven years. Yeah, but he was a great assistant. Like, come on, you're not going to drop an assistant. You know how hard it is to find a good assistant (laughs) in the industry? Come on. 
He was doing everything plus. Mm. It's like the assistance of the assistant. Listen, guys, yeah. guys, just um, sorry for all our podcast listeners. I don't know when this is going to come up, but breaking news. Supporters of the ex-president, Jair Bolsonaro, have stormed Congress in Brazil's capital. Oh. Oh, interesting. Uh-uh, is this the thing we're going to see replicated? Like, interesting. D- democracy crumbling. But yes, they're storming the... So yeah... Basically, for those who don't know, in Brazil, there was a recent election between Lula and Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro's right wing. Luis is, uh, Lula is left wing. So it's basically like Trump, Biden, but happening in Brazil, essentially. So yeah, they are calling for military intervention and Lula's resignation. So yeah, they're basically, they've just stormed their Congress. So I wish them, I wish them well. I'm joking. <laughs> wow, that, that does not that. represent the views of this podcast. Or oh, I'm strongly disassociating myself. Yeah, like, <laughs> they're estimating about three thousand people. Wait, so involved. is this a, their equivalent of like the siege on the capital? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, the exact, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. I do not wish them well. I, that's a joke. That's it's that's wild. It's lame, man. It is very lame, and I think. We've spoken before about how the internet is just a good and a bad thing. And this is just one of the prime examples for me of how the vast coverage that was available because of the internet of uh, last year's insurrection has just inspired this. Yeah, of course, especially since we saw no punishment for it. Exactly. People are follow fashion monkeys. If they see that they can get away with something... They're absolutely going to do it. And if in America they can get away with it, then they absolutely know in Brazil they can get away with it too. It's exhausting, man. Crazy. And and it's it's also about knowing who can get away with it. Because Mm. let's be real, if it had been folks that look like us... Oh, no. In 2000... Listen, they would still be cleaning the blood off the streets of the... Like, off the steps of the capital. They might as well have just had to paint it red. Yeah, that's true. Like, new kind of yeah so wait, hold up so moving on from that speaking we we spoke about harry styles but speaking of another harry um Ooh. not me but uh my namesake our favorite harry, harry. What's, his, what's his what's his last name does he have a last name? is it windsor mountbatten was a middle name like shows how much i know <laughs> no i think it's his name anyway it's double, i think it's double barreled isn't it or yeah because i just thought it was windsor so Harry, so Harry Mountbatten Windsor has been, well, I guess it's probably AKA not AKA Prince him Harry, Duke of Sussex. Right. So I guess it's not necessarily him, but he's got a book coming out. Um, oh, it's out, now, it's out now. I was out now already. I thought oh, it was pre- the 14th. No, it's out. I pre-ordered it. I think like, it's, it's not out in the UK. It's out in Europe. Oh, so oh is it? Mm. Hold on, let me check my Audible because I pre-ordered that. I book. need to pre-order. It's a highly anticipated autobiography called Spare. Um, so just for those who don't know, basically the story broke on Thursday, the 5th of Jan, that Prince Harry recounts what he says was a physical attack by his brother, now Prince of Wales, as their relationship fell apart over the younger prince's marriage to the actor Meghan Markle. Although one thing I want to interject here, I know people have been saying like, who's leaking this information? I'm like, it's a book. The journalist got an advanced copy. They're reading it and then just telling you what happens. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's very obvious. Anyway, so yeah, Prince Harry, he says there was a physical attack by his brother, William, um, there was a confrontation at his London home in 2019. 
Harry called Willie. Harry says William called Meghan difficult, rude, and abrasive, <laughs> which sounds like some many black women I'm sure can relate to these words. Dog whistle politics. By, by, William, by William called William called Meghan difficult, rude, and abrasive. Yes. Yeah. Which sounds... Oh, he basically said she was an angry black woman. Okay. Yes, much. exactly. That's exactly what he called her. <laughs> basically. It's good to see how in the royal family, yeah, it's all, you know, things aren't the same. They're, they're just, they are just the same. They are just the same as the regular people. Perpetrators. They're just the same. So, it's familiarity. Um, so, yeah, the confiscation <laughs> escalated, Harry writes, until William grabbed me by with a collar, ripping my necklace... <laughs> necklace so I don't know why that's made me laugh and knocked me to the floor I don't not know a chain yeah <laughs> he snatched that nigga snatched my guys, chain guys let's not play into toxic masculinity Harry <laughs> 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 on his back no boy. no but I can't stand you guys <laughs> the extraordinary scene which Harry says resulted in visible injury to his back yo do you know I realised after this obviously like Harry's saying he wants to reconcile with his bro, but I feel, no, like, no. I feel like I feel like he no, but I feel like deep down he knows it's just it's not like it's not gonna happen. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think, I don't even think it's a bad thing. I feel like he probably would have wanted his brother to accept Megan, like Harry, William didn't, and so it's like all right, cool. Well, I'm just gonna blow this whole thing up. Then it's never gonna be it's never gonna be cool. Like we're never gonna be cool unless William decides to but I feel like if you've already gone that far as to cuss his wife and then assault him or whatever because it's like and and you're leaking things about her to the media while she's pregnant I feel like we keep leaving that part out yes because Loki they they cause a miscarriage yes thank you like Loki they cause a miscarriage so that's not no (laughs) that's not we're not talking now because you stressed out my wife to the point where she probably had that. Like, it was probably part of the reason why she had a miscarriage. So. And she said that she was suicidal. Yeah. So it's like, what? Like at this point, it's like whatever, isn't it? But and but this is my thing. Like, I, as as a as a good Christian man, I understand that you're supposed to forgive seven times, seventy seven times. Mm. However, but he probably has by this point. Yeah, I feel like the 77's run out. That's what I'm saying. Because let's let's say we keep it to oh, you insulted my family. I now have a strong strong feeling that William's probably the one who said what color or how dark is the baby. I think that I feel like it's him. No one convinced me any different that it's him. No, I think it's Camilla, honestly. That's my theory. I think it was Camilla. But the whole rotten lot of them, like well, that was about (laughs) as that's about as, as, as middle-class private schools as I could have done. Hell, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, the whole lot of wastemen. Like, the whole lot of wastemen. You don't need them in your life. <laughs> the you the They're trying to bring back the South London. It's over. I, I, Everyone I, knows I, you're middle-class. Leave I, it I, out. Okay. All I'm saying is there's some people you don't need in your life. Anyone, anyone who is going to push you roughly, break your chain, and bruise your back. Never mind the insults to the wife, okay? I he got his chain popped. This is finished by his brother. Oh, it's, no. <laughs> you know how it's been a bigger moment. I was literally about to say, do you want to, do, do does any of us even want to guess how expensive that necklace was? Because I'm like, I'm sure that necklace held diamonds from each, from the motherland as well. 
Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, to be honest, personally, as I, I mean, obviously, long time listeners of this podcast will know my love for the royal family. So I'm clearly it's deep. It's deep. It's it's deep. deep. Obviously, you guys know I'm absolutely. I'm hoping and just. I mean, I know people are saying that this would this may spell the end for the royal family or something. Like that. I feel like what are you guys talking about? There's no like. What do you mean the end? How would this ever? be the end oh, classic royalist Harry out here trying to defend the monarchy again <laughs> you know right. what I mean but I'm like, it's going to end eventually mate no I'm like they're just going to excommunicate just like Harry and Meghan like your persona non grata and keep it moving like, but I feel right? like this is good I feel like what we are going to see is the commonwealth dwindling oh yeah not because of this but just generally like I feel like this has I feel like the disdain that they have so openly shown Megan has played a part in at least how... Yeah, maybe. Come. That's true. Mm. And it's, Can I it's a, say that? I'm not... Come on. I was going to say, I think it's a combination of that and also they're just... They're complete... What's the word I'm looking for? Their reluctance to take accountability for their role in history. So I think the combination of how they've treated Meghan, plus these guys are talking about reparations, talking about apologies for slaveries, and you're literally turning up in their countries asking for a full parade. And when they're like, okay, let's have a conversation, you're looking at the Caribbean islands as if like you're just watching grass grow. What? Yeah. I think they really damage reputation, but can I? Um, this might be a slightly unpopular opinion, but I don't like a chatty man. You don't like what? I don't like a chatty man. <laughs> you don't like a chatty patty man. I don't right. like a chatty chatty patty man. I really my don't. business. It's, it's, it, my business it, it, it gives inside. me it gives me the ick. It really gives me the ick, and I'm really sorry to Harry. <laughs> I I it's not. This might be. Do you know what? I I fully hold up my hands and say this is probably. Toxic not great feminism. This is me leaning into some of the toxic masculinity type things. I don't have a problem with, I love men going to therapy. I love men talking to their friends. I love men who cry, all that stuff. But uh, a man like you don't, and then you No, no, no I do. No, I generally do. No, I generally do. I generally do. It's one of my, one of my requirements for, in terms of like being with somebody is that they're willing to go to therapy and that they're willing to continuously engage in therapy and go to therapy with me. And also somebody who's comfortable crying is like really important for me. But like, but but a chatty, but a man who's a bit too chatty, I, I just don't like it. I, and Harry is giving me slightly, slightly, just too much chatty vibes. Like, I just, I understand why he's doing it. I understand he's definitely doing the whole let it all out so that the royal family's got nothing to blackmail him with. Like, he's, he's putting all his cards on the table. I completely understand it. But I'm just going to be honest about the fact that it's a bit ick for me. But then again, Harry's not my an, type anyway, an so who cares? But, who cares yeah, it's, it's like, an ick for me? It, it right. like, it, as, yeah. as long as it's not an ick for Megan, it's who cares? Yeah, but you have to you have to think about the context of why and why he's doing this. I'm not. I'm, that's what I'm, I completely understand why. I'm just being honest that it, it's just it's just a bit yeah, like. Yeah, but it's like if but if if, if my other half was. <laughs> no, no, but it's not. But it's not. But, it's not yeah, a comparison. Funny. You can't it, compare it. Can you? No, I'm not saying. Millions of pounds. I'm just saying. I just. I think no. Do you know what? Let's, no. Let me rewind. Harry hasn't done anything wrong. It's the way the media is portraying. Though it's the way the media is leaking it. The way that it's leaked in being leaked, and the different and the type of stories that are being leaked. They're making him. I think they're doing it deliberately to make no, they, him look they like absolutely, they, absolutely. they are. Honest, they're trying I'm to make the, him look exhausting. 
yes, they're trying to make him look exhausting, and also they're trying to make him look like he's dwelling on like like insignificant, well, not insignificant, but like kind of like frivolous, very gossipy reality show type things. When I know, and I'm sure when I read the book, because I will read the book, that a lot of the stuff in there is going to be really deep stuff that is really meaningful and important. Not that the fact that his brother isn't, but do you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be a lot, probably a lot of stuff about his mum's death, about the emotions, about like his awakening and understanding of things to do with race, blah, 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 blah. But at the moment, it's given a bit real house, housewives. And it's, yeah, it's given yeah. real that, housewives. That's, that's sure. the way the media is making it look. Because if you, if you sensationalize things like, oh my goodness, he killed people in Afghanistan, Harry did drugs, blah, blah, blah. Kind of stuff that we've all actually knew for years. Yeah, I'm like, it's true. Yeah. If you it's do, actually not stories. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. If you if you sensationalize that, then you, people won't be paying attention to. I'm sure the real stuff that he'll be spilling in there. Because me personally, I've always wanted to know what is it like to actually have to walk behind your mother's coffin in mm. front of the entire world, and then having watched the documentary, like finding out that William and Harry had to be like shaking people's hands and saying, oh, it's okay. Thank you for coming. My mom just died. It's not okay. I want to burn the world down. I don't want to be yeah. consoling you grown adult who I've never met in my life. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy the mess. I enjoy the mess. Yeah, Sometimes. to me, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the monarchy, the royal family having problems. It's yeah. literally me too. fantastic. It's great. Like it's really, it's really nice to have a mess that is properly messy, <laughs> and the, and the source of the mess is the ginger man. I love it. I love it. A bit of high class tea. You do like a bit of high I class. I feel like the, the, it would have always come from Harry. But can I just say this? I think that the smartest thing that Harry did was put all of this in the, the book and not in the Netflix documentary. Yeah, because yeah, had, yeah, by yeah. having Megan's face in the documentary mm, mm. they would have blamed all they would have yeah. i mean mm-hmm. people are still trying to blame it on her i literally saw and what was it the jeremy vine show i saw a clip of some like white lady saying that you know megan destroys families she's destroyed the royal family she destroyed her family previously i think she was referring to like megan's previous divorce and it's like lady how do you know this like you were literally feeding off everything like you're regurgitating the daily mail it's like you're not even putting in your own spin your or your own synonyms you're literally spewing out daily mail headlines mm. so i feel like it's really good that harry has put all of this in his book with his face that's him by himself leave megan out of this one yeah i agree guys um i'm gonna ask you a little Here's a riddle I've just found on on Twitter. It says, riddle me this. What do you, as a Christian married man, gain from having a female friend? And what do you, oh as a Christian goodness. woman, oh, gain from having a male friend that is your husband and is married? Rachel, so like, be so for real right now. I do not see the benefit. So I put it to you, what? married and unmarried people. Ah, please, what I have you... no dog in this fight. I'm not married. Leave me out of it. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, get off that easily. You, oh. you're, listen... You're the I'm friend. a married person and you are my friend. <laughs> that is actually true. The guys on here are my married guy friends. You are the other, actually, no, the other side of I, I've, I've, I feel convicted from this tweet. I denounce, <laughs> I denounce all of my female friends. I <laughs> That's not who I am. That's not... That, <laughs> I don't understand. So, okay, I, can I leave then? 
Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 wait. You still need to finish the podcast. So, nah. Do you know what is You guys? want to use me for my voice and then discard <laughs> me when it's done. Imagine. Like a real Christian man would. Um, no, so I, I feel Very like... Very brand. But, so this is just segueing into... So I know what Tunde wanted to bring up, like, lessons that we've learned since being married or whatever. Um, so, I don't know. I guess maybe I'll I'll ask Tunde because you... Uh, yeah. Have you, I guess, in terms of one of the things that you've learned from marriage, let's say, yeah. in terms of like those relationships that you have with like female friends, have you felt them like really shift? Have you felt like, have you ever, have you ever given, do you feel like, okay, I'm not going to ask if you've given people weird energy, but have you felt those relationships like shift since you got, uh, got married? I think, I think they've definitely changed. They've evolved. That's um, not to say that, we're not still friends or our friendship is, is any less, but it's definitely different. Like before, before marriage days, if I'm, well, I mean, oh, right. This is very difficult to put into space. So for me, I'll start with how I've changed in it. I think there's definitely a difference in terms of where my priorities are. So like the time I spend, the decisions I make around what I spend my time on, a lot more of it now is based on my wife and my son. So that already is going to impact my other relationships, regardless of what gender people are, because I just don't have as much time for them. So it's like, if this is someone who I was seeing uh, every month or every week, and there was just more time for it, now that's turning into every three months or maybe a couple of times a year just because of that um in terms of the relationships with other women i think there's there's no one that i feel like i've had to cut off but there's definitely more boundaries in place just purely out of respect of like uh timing or and and i know this is a very old-fashioned way of thinking about it right but i'm like okay let me not be messaging people too late because there's a connotation to it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's equally responsible to be able to go, actually, let's not bring in any confusion. Yeah. We we could talk every minute, every of an hour, like we could just be going back and forth, back and forth. But then after it starts to get to a late time, I'm suddenly like, "Mm, we can continue this conversation later. I'm going to bed or even if I'm not, I can say it. Um, and I think it's just more out of clarity because uh, I, th- I think there is a responsibility. It's very easy to be like, oh, so and so is reading too much into it. But if we're going to be accountable adults, we've got to be aware of how things can appear as well. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Nezi, what about you? Um. So for me, I didn't really have any male friends before I got married. Like, not male, as in I say male friends, like, not male friends that I would, like, chat to on the phone, really. Like, I've I've never really been, I've never really been that kind of girl, to be honest. Like, I've not really been a big male friend who I chat to on the phone a lot kind of person. So there wasn't really a transition that I needed to make, really. Like, most of my, most of my friends are actually, like, most of my friends are, are, yeah, the same sex. 
or gender or whatever and um yeah even people that maybe that I wouldn't touch on the phone but people that I would like message a lot or whatever they're just not the most of them are women so I've never really had to make because I'm trying to think even if I thought about my wedding invitation list like the people who I invited to my wedding like in person or even virtually like I I think I had a couple of like maybe one or two male friends who got a video link but yeah that was like I just there's not a lot of them so I didn't really have to make that transition in terms of how I feel about <laughs> well let's talk about that oh no um, Here we go. I am um, I'm one of those people who I would say I'm very happy for my partner to have female friends like and I support those friendships <laughs> however there are certain women who do not know how to respect boundaries and who make it clear especially when you're like especially earlier on in the relationship when you're like the new girlfriend or whatever that they're kind of very much the vibe of like this is my friend and you're new so I don't really respect you as like the girlfriend or respect you as like whatever new person because I've been here longer and you definitely get that vibe from some women and I think really your partner has to be the person either gender to be the person who sets boundaries like I can't set boundaries for somebody and I don't feel like I should have to could like constantly be telling someone like, oh, this person's being inappropriate or this person's making me feel uncomfortable. Like I feel your partner should be able to sense that and make the necessary changes as your relationship progresses and as your relationship deepens. Can I can, um, I, put, can I put my hands up on that? Yeah, go on. I disagree with that last statement. Um, Why? Purely because no one's a mind reader. And my relationship with someone is not going to be the same as your relationship with them and how you perceive things. And I think it's perfectly fine for you to go, I don't really feel comfortable. I think this is how I'm seeing some of this stuff and I don't feel comfortable with it. But to assume that they will just sense it. Because if I'm if I'm looking at you as uh, this is a fully innocent and I interpret every single interaction, unless they are full up rubbing up on me and like it is it is like comic comically obvious movie rom com type thing. I think the it's it's important for you to speak up and say I don't feel comfortable about this relationship, these engagements, these interactions. I agree to an extent, but what I'm saying is when it's obviously inappropriate. Like I don't feel like I should be the one. Oh, when someone's got obviously like kind of antagonistic energy towards me, I shouldn't have to like spell out to you that that's not okay. Do you see what I mean? Like there are fine, there are things in the middle where it's like it might actually be fine, but it just makes me uncomfortable. And obviously I have to articulate that. And I, I have done that in the past. It's been like, I don't like the way this person or whatever. And, and and then your partner makes necessary adjustments. But I just do think by and large, but what I'm saying is for the process of like as your relationship gets more serious, there should be a natural not distance I don't say distancing because that makes it sound like bad, but like there should be a natural kind of yeah somewhat dis not distancing but readjustment of your friends from for, for me from the opposite gender like in the in the way that you interact with them as you get closer to marriage if that's your goal um but because I think if you're just seeing someone like you've gone on a few dates with somebody like why am I gonna like rejig my whole friendship group for someone that I'm like it's been seen for two months that doesn't make sense to me but if I've been seeing you for two or three years and we're talking about getting engaged and married then by that point, there probably have been some boundaries that have been set. If you were a person who had a lot of friends of the opposite gender before and were a certain that mission. And it doesn't mean that, like, I'm very much like I don't want to make 
like with my partner making sure like he can't have female friends or that he can't hang out with his female friends like without me because he can like go to your female friends like go out with them whatever I, I honestly like that's fine with me I just think as you said to know there's just some boundaries that need to be set yeah I will also say though as the non-married person like the female friend of the group um I will say that you know there are also some people that I will say oh let me speak for men um there's some men that put you in really awkward positions where you find that okay I'm gonna have to set this boundary because you're not being appropriate and I'm trying to imagine how your girlfriend or your spouse must feel and I was actually having this conversation with my mentor like a few weeks ago about having sometimes you're having to set boundaries around your guy friends just so you don't find yourself in an awkward situation but I do actually find it very annoying as the female friend that there is the assumption that there's any kind of want of someone's partner yeah I think that's I find it very insulting, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's because, do you know what it is? I think partly it's it's Hollywood and also anecdotal stories. Like, people are like, yeah, this girl was... Da, da, da. And then next week, you know... Because there's, you know, there's that story of the, the the person who took in a Ukrainian refugee and the next week, you know, <laughs> yeah. ran off with, with her husband. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say I that, mean, actually. The husband ran off with the girl. Anyway. I mean, but, and they weren't friends. Yeah, but my thing is also, it's just like, at the end of the day, it's the person in the relationship's obligation to be faithful. The person, the friend or whoever has not decided to do anything. So it's for the person in the relationship to set, to set that boundary or whatever. But yeah, it's that whole thing of like, oh yeah, this person wants this person. Da, 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 da. I think sometimes I just insecurity well, sometimes though. around the relation. I think sometimes it's insecurities around. No, I think no, yeah. I think there's huge insecurities around. Sometimes it. there is, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah sometimes like, there is, but sometimes I just think I, I think sometimes people are also unrealistic about the nature of um, men and female friendships and how they sometimes work. And it's and I, maybe this is all me also me speaking from personal experience, as as being Uh-oh. someone who's who's a friend, like who's been Uh-oh. a friend to a guy and then found myself liking that guy. What, um, why are they in a relationship? No, 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 not one of those. What? what? <laughs> Alicia, is that you? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no, not Alicia, it's Javine, bruv. Chill. No, no. No, but Alicia too. Yeah, Alicia too, because I think they were friends first. But what I'm saying is just like, just having a male friend, not necessarily someone who's in a relationship, like a single male friend who I've started liking. And I just think it depends on the level of the relationship. Like, I think men, men and women can definitely be friends. And there's definitely male friends that I have most, like, well, not most, all of my male friends that I married, I have no interest in. But I'm saying, like, even before, there were male friends that I had that I had zero interest in. But I do think when it's a relationship where you guys are talking all the time, and then, like, especially when it's your best friend. So when I have seen men and women who are best friends, and they're both reasonably attractive people, and they're like, oh, we're best friends, I'm like... So would it be easy I, if they I were already? No. <laughs> Other like, people bond too. No, but what I mean, like both of them, both <laughs> yeah. of them. You know, like if there's one friend who is like significantly less attractive than the other. I'm sorry, no shade. Then it, then it, then it becomes oh, like yeah. when they're both like around the same. Even if they're both, I don't want to say both ugly, but if they're both ugly or they're both used to be attractive, like whatever. If there's if there's a massive disparity in that, then I'm like, well, 
I find it weird that it's not crossed either of your minds at some point that there could be some potential there. Like I just, nah, I just but believe but isn't that your own insecurity mind. playing up? Because no, it's, I, not, it's not my own insecurity. It's just the fact that I think it's natural. Like for me, if I've become really, really close with a male friend, like there's no male friend that I've become super close with that it's not crossed my mind at least once. Like, oh, is there a potential there? And then I probably might have been like, oh, actually, no, that's not somebody like that. We're not. Yeah. So then, if you did, so then if you did that, then what's the problem? No, because for some, because for some, <laughs> because for some people, they have crossed that in their mind, and they do think potential there, but they just they're either resting in their friend zone energy, or they've not got up the courage to speak to the other person, or whatever. Or they, like, they, relationships are very complicated and messy. So I just think it's not always as simple as oh, because they're good friends, neither of them are interested in each other. That's not how it works. Yeah, no, yeah I hear you, I, but I just I I have male friends where the thought of being with them makes me want to vomit. And they feel Jesus. the same. Jesus. You know what? Wow. No, but Should they, they be your friend? No, and they, yeah. no, hold, hold on. And they feel the same way about me sense. because they put me in the, they've literally put Wait. me in like the sister zone. Wait, Tasha. Yes. Vomit implies, that's the thing. Vomit is, is a, is a phrase, <laughs> right? So my thing is, if you say, yeah, nah, I would never, we'd never go there. That just doesn't make sense. That's fine. But vomit. No, really? the reason why I'm That's, saying that is because no, I know because I now look at them like a brother. So yeah. I'm looking at it like it's is incestual. And they yeah, look I at me that. like a sister, like to the point where some of them will just turn around and say to people, Oh, she's my cousin. Yeah, I get that. All right, fair, fair. So right. because I like, we, we like we have placed each other in family settings, the thought of ever crossing that boundary is gross. But then at the same time, if 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 some girl was to ever come around and be like, oh, you can't be friends with her because she has ovaries and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know. I think partly, yeah, partly my thing is... And sorry, can know, I just can I, I just answer no. to um, Nezzy's point as well? If you had two people who are like very attractive, we're talking about Laurie Harvey, Michael B. Jordan, my thought would be, well, you've got bare options. So why do we need That's to go over here? Government. Yeah, that's a good. That's also a good point. Like, that's my, also my, true. My, but my thing is, I just think partly. So part part of my thinking around this topic is like, especially in a in a marriage, it feels like you should have. When would you have the time to just be talking to somebody all the time anyway? People do. Like somebody is. You can't be serious. How do you think people cheat? No, no, no. <laughs> I, no, I hit. Okay. But no, I no, I hate. But then, but that's what I'm saying. But that's, but that is the problem. The the problem is not even necessarily like the problem is more like say for instance, say as a partner, it's a different problem, but it's a problem. Like say you just have all the time in the world to talk to your guy friends, you don't spend that much time with your wife. That's also a problem. It's a different problem, but it's a problem. Like that shouldn't be the case. No, but you make time for friendship. No, you make time for friendships. But when you talk about boundaries, like for me. I'm just be real. I don't think about things in terms of, I don't know, like, I just don't, I I just spend most of my time with my wife. <laughs> like, but I don't not, even think about it that deep of like, so oh good. yeah, I might that's like, so if good. I message someone, oh my God, is it like 10? Is it 11? I just, I'm not thinking about that. Like I'm most likely I'm with <laughs> my wife or I miss, I just, it's, I don't know. I'm just not thinking about it like that. That's good, but not everyone does that. And the yeah, thing, you know, like you include your wife in so much of the things that you do, which is actually mm-hmm. brilliant. It's a testament to your relationship as your friend. I love it, but not everyone does that. Yeah, and, and I, I, yeah, and and there are so many people that 
cross boundaries. I mean, me, what I like to do, I genuinely like to be um, friends or at least very, very amicable with like my with guy friends is like, you know, oh, their no. significant others. Oh, what if their partner's a douche um, though? What if their partner's a douche? Even if that person's a douche, I want to be on terms. Like all of my, um, all of my male friends, even the ones that, I'm, that I knew them before their wives, I'm just very. I'm, I try, I go out my way to be extremely cordial to their wives, just because I just feel like it's respectful. But I agree with. I like. I don't know what, you're, what you mean, Harry, about when people find the time because people find the time. <laughs> there's a, no, 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 I, the Reddit, If you read the Reddit boards about like adultery or whatever, although you know the people talking about their spouses cheating on them, there's people where they're like, they're like, my wife was up at six o'clock in the morning, went to work, went straight to the gym, and came home. And in that 20 minutes on her lunch break, still found time to, <laughs> to conduct a whole affair. AKA like, like, the your bro. office secretary. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um. I feel like time is, time is irrelevant. Time is irrelevant. It's the world to what do whatever you want. Yeah, to but do. I time think you know what you need to do. Sometimes yeah. we get very, we find it very easy to only think like us. So you mm, think about yeah, your yeah. relationship with your wife and the activities that you guys do together. Yeah. So you, I understand why you couldn't even fathom like where do you people find the time but some people aren't as connected especially where like time becomes a factor especially when children become a factor but if you think about all the activities that people do just in life if they go to the gym like some guys have poker night that they um or not even guys maybe they have a couple of girlfriends as well that like we do weekly poker we go bowling we go um, I'm just, I'm trying to think of stuff that people do, but people have all kinds of activities where they can incorporate different kind of relationships within the week all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think for me, if I were to, uh, I don't want to go too long in the session because there's other things we've got to talk about, but I would say my, my biggest thing for being married is like just being open about everything and communicating about everything. I know people say there's maybe certain things like personally, the way I operate is just, you just know everything. Like you could, the only time I might not wait to see my phone is I'm planning a surprise. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Other than that, you, not, if, not even in a, a sense of going through my phone, but just like, we're talking about everything. Like if I'm somewhere, it's like, you can contact me, who you were, da, da, da. Like, it's just so open. So you never have to have doubts. You never have to be worried. Like if I'm having a conversation with someone, I'll get off the phone and be like, oh yeah, I was talking to X about da, 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 or whatever. Just so it's like, so to me, and I'm not even talking just necessarily about female friends here, but just about everything. And I feel like there's something really special about just being able to be completely honest about everything. Because then it just means that you don't have anything to, like, there is a a piece in having nothing to hide with somebody and just being bare to me. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I would say my biggest thing that I learned for marriage is me just like, just be, because I'm the sort of person that can tend to like hold things down to the but the more that I just say everything, it's just, yeah, that's for me anyway. I I think I can, yeah, I can, I can speak to it from, from both sides as well. Cause before we've spoken about it previously on the podcast, before I met Rachel, obviously I am now a reformed, reformed Hellion, but I was, I was in this, <laughs> Hellion. I was, I was a fiend. He a player, home. player from many of my He likes to play in that snow too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. first, first of all, I want it to be very clear. I did not discriminate. Okay. Everybody could smoke. Um, 
How dare. Ooh. But okay. what okay. I will say, what I will say if is this that, is Bridget to not call you a rake. I absolutely I was a rake. A hundred percent. Listen, I what what was his face? What was Reggae Port Reggae? Reggae on page. Uh Simon Bassett, Duke of Hastings. Oh yeah, Lord, Hastings. let me marry that man. Mm. I'm just I continue to put it out there. It's too obviously sexy for me. Like it's just too obvious. Mama, you are married. Um, okay, yeah, that's this is me and my manifestation. No one, no one, do your thing. Just because Thank you. Before, if Lupita's new man can manifest her, I can manifest him. Yeah, here's here's a free here's a free lesson as well, Tasha. You don't stop finding people sexy just because you got married. So that's so all well and good, but this is my manifestation. Leave me that's and true. my I prayers. Hear I hear that. <laughs> um, now, what what Harry said about that lack of stress. Um, is so real. Like being able to just be confident. You know how, I don't know if it's a societal thing, but everyone's like, the worst thing you want to hear is we need to talk. I feel like we need to talk is only terrifying when you don't have a trusting relationship. Like Rach could message me and be like, oh, we need to talk. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And I wonder what it's about. But I'm not going to be like, oh my goodness, I'm panicking. I'm stressing. What has she found out? What could it be? Whereas back in those days, listen, she could be could have been the most innocent of messages like, oh, how was your day? And suddenly <laughs> I'm reading it like that. And I'm like, oh, oh no, she knows. I'm rumbled. It's over. Um, yeah, so I think I think having that peace is actually really comforting. Um and and Again, it comes back to the accountability of the of the individual, right? Um, that's the kind of thing that you can only you can only create that environment and mindset for yourself by your actions and by knowing that you have kept yourself honest and open and trustworthy, right? So yeah, and I think that's important. It actually isn't at all what I was. Um, why why I put it in the in the group though. Oh swear down. No, no. Oh. What hold on, no one asked me for my advice. I don't actually have any. Yeah, I don't exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. You'll be married for five <laughs> seconds. You ain't got nothing to tell us. Anyway. Uh, what what? Wow. So, uh, moving on from wow. that. Wow. Sorry, I I'm I feel like I should give my female perspective. I think you should. I feel Thank like you, you should. So as we remember Korean's I... femphobic, so who? Harry, very femphobic. Yeah, he's very femphobic. Um, I think that my advice would be, I don't have any advice. I'm not giving advice because I can't give advice at this point. And I don't think that, I don't think until I've married, been married for a very long time will I feel comfortable giving advice. But um, I think what I've l- learned is that you have to love somebody in the way, and this is actually for all relationships. This is not just for marriage. This is for like friendships. This is for whatever. Love somebody in the way that they need to or they want to be loved or the way that they receive love and not just the way that you want to give it mm-hmm. so I think a lot of the times we just give love the way that we want to receive it or just that we see as like what we see as romance what we see as love what we see as affection but that might be different and I think it's actually really important to ask people like what like what does this like what does romance mean to you what does affection mean to you like what do boundaries like, what, look like to you what the band is like, like to you. and also I think if something is off, if something feels off, 
I would say, as well, I don't know if not all women are the same. So if you're the kind of person, I wouldn't say like women, but if you're the kind of person who I like answers now. So my thing is if something feels off or a sense of person's upset, I'm like, tell me now what's wrong. But then I think the most important thing is creating a relationship where the person feels safe. So mm. if there's someone who doesn't like to talk about things right away, they need to know that you're able to like hold space for them to be whatever and be like, can we talk about this later? But I think it's always trying to be in tune with how your partner's feeling and holding space for them to be able to express how they feel without judgment. Because whenever when someone expresses how they feel, they need to be able to feel that they can do it without, even if it's something that you don't like. Um, or something that makes you uncomfortable that there's not going to be that there isn't a fear of expressing and I think that's the thing that shuts down relationships like in any relationship marriage friendship if people feel like they can't actually be honest about who they are and like what they're experiencing then they can't bring themselves their full selves to the relationship so that's the thing that I've learned and it's not just for marriage but just from being in relationships with different people over time those are the things I would say speaking of um bringing your whole selves uh I guess Rishi Sunak brought his whole self to tell us some nonsense um, the other day. Um, So he gave his, what did he call them? The five, five pledges or something, whatever it was called. I think they were the five promises. Or the five promises, right? So they were um, inflation. So he said the government is going to halve inflation, which the Bank of England already said they were going to do. Was not what they were going to do. That's what was actually going to happen. So anyway, he said he's going to grow the economy. He said he's going to make sure the national debt is falling. He's going to, he promised that the NHS waiting list will fall and people will get the care they need more quickly, which I actually think is definitely going to happen. But that's more because because people will die. There'll be less people on the waiting list. And so naturally they'll fall. Um, and illegal, illegal migration. He said that he will pass new laws to stop small boats Um making sure that if you come to this country illegally, you are detained and swiftly removed. So Because the Home Office, you know what, let me stop talking. Yeah, I mean, clearly, if, I mean, I don't know if anyone saw the interview that he just he just did about um, care workers who are mm. like, you know, average, I think the average pay for care workers is like 18, 18 Gs or starting salary is 18 Gs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they are, and no, it's Laura not. Laura Koonsberg, of all people, asked him like, would you, would you be, be able to do like a salary of 18,000 he was like like would you would you do their job and he was like well my job is to ensure this country's running smoothly he's like I ain't taking a stupid job <laughs> wow I just feel like it's um it's hilarious that Rishi Sunak's trying to, to act like he actually really sat down and thought about this and didn't just write this down on the notes app of his phone because <laughs> this isn't these aren't five things that look like he's had a team of advisors around him and it can't there are five this things that are that going to wrote. happen regardless of whether he he's there or not on his notes app like this is something that i could have written on my notes app so that's that's the biggest scam of all that he's trying to make us think that he sat down and thought long and hard about this but like, it's also they, just like how many t- like i don't know growing the economy like falling national debt it's just not a thing that's just stories like that's what you always like all governments are going to say that's not even specific that should be your aim regardless i'm like surely your number one like it should have been inflation and but of course it's going to be because they're Tory government but just like the nhs waiting list so i've heard like from anecdotal stuff and what people have been saying obviously the news have been reporting it as well but the nhs is just like under a super amount of strain like people are out here waiting like 
15, 16 hours for ambulances, for beds, stuff like that. Like it's horrific. Um, so I'm like out here, like I'm not getting ill. Like I'm taking all of my vitamins, boy. Any vitamins and minerals I can find, I'm taking them because I do not want to be... It, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, you need to for vitamins. Now, a quick word from our sponsors, Bassett's Chewable Vitamins. Yeah, you know what I mean? I passed out at my friend's wedding in September and I waited nine hours in A&E. That's the longest I've ever waited. Mm. Wow. It's just quite like, it's really, I don't know. It's like, we've really seen, I know we've been warned about it for ages. And obviously like Jeremy Corbyn told people, and everyone told like people, you know, the NHS is going to crumble if you let the Tories have it for this long. And it just seems like, I don't know, for me, maybe it's just me being a bit fatalist or defeatist, but I kind of feel like the Tories have got what they wanted. They've, they've done their bit. They've got the NHS to the point now where it is going to collapse. Like because of Brexit, now we can't get as many people coming. We're not going to get as many people coming from Europe, um, and so, and I think the UK is not really as an attractive a place to be. So I feel like, yeah, we might just. But be devil's in advocate, does the NHS need to? Like, is the NHS? Is there anything wrong with having a healthcare system where it's not completely free at the point of access? Yes. I mean. I'm not sure what your point is. Yeah, if you don't have money now, is it the most? Is it the most effective? Is it the most? Is the is the NHS like not now when it's currently, but even before? Is it the most effective system? Yes. Well, it was. <laughs> it was fine. It, it was working quite well. It was working. <laughs> was it? What do you mean? Was it? Wasn't it? Are you saying? Are you are you saying suggesting we go to a US model because that doesn't work? No, Bro, like my friends in the US. There's other models in the world that are not the US model. Like, there's other models. Sure. The US is, everyone compares it to the US, but the US is not the only healthcare model. There's other models sure. in, like Germany, there's models in Australia, there's models in other parts of the world that are not the NHS, but are not the US. And I don't work. They're not as ghastly as the US, but they're not the same model as the. So, wait, as, but I swear in Germany, the there is free healthcare for all. They are entitled to free medically necessary public healthcare. The, they the just way have that, to have insurance, right? Yeah, so it's slightly, that's what I'm saying. So I, I, the way that it works here and the way that it works in other, like, is the, the way this NHS system works at the moment the best system that we can have? Before the Tories like, got hold saying, of it, yeah. Like I, don't, I don't ever want to see people having to pay for healthcare. Like, well, that actually, should... it depends what healthcare is. Mm. No, you get what I mean. Yeah, I get what you mean. But like, yeah, the mo- like the important so, stuff. Yeah, defo shouldn't have to pay for. So it. in 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 Germany, health insurance is mandatory. Healthcare insurance is mandatory, and it's paid for by a combination of statutory health insurance and um, private health insurance. So yeah, yeah it's okay. not exactly the same as it's not the same as as um, our system. So they're they're like basically mandatory health benefits. They're co-financed by the employer and the employee. So it's kind of like part of your, kind of comes up your wages kind of thing. Um, and you can get public health insurance or private insurance. Um, all I'm saying is it might be that the the way that we're currently doing the NHS, there are other models that we can look at. And I I personally believe that. So at the moment, I work in a healthcare. Full disclosure, I work in a health system that is not 
free at the point of access. And I see the problems that that causes, for sure. So I'm, I'm never be, I'm never going to be in favour of a US type model, but I also can see the problems with the, <clears throat> the UK system in terms of, especially for, for nurses, for doctors, for healthcare workers, you essentially have a cartel in which the government is your only employer and can, is the only person that can employ you. And therefore they can set your wages. And therefore, if they do not want to increase your wages, you do not have any, they have no competition. So there's nobody that you can go to to be like, if you don't increase my wages, I'm going to go and work for someone else because all the, all the hospitals in the country are part of the NHS, right? Apart from the few private hospitals. And those aren't enough to absorb people like all the doctors and nurses or whatever, or radiographers, et cetera, who want to leave the NHS. Okay. So essentially, like, there, there, I can, I'm not saying that I don't want NHS free. I don't want care free at the point of access because I do, but I'm just wondering if there are other models that are different to the one that we're currently using that might work better. Uh, ultimately, the, the bottom line is the reason why the NHS is the way it is is because the, the Tory government refuses to fund it. Like, regardless of what healthcare model we have, if the government refuses to put the money in that needs to be put in, it's going to be trash. But I'm just thinking if we're going to lose the NHS anyway, in some way, it might be the time to rethink other systems. Okay, I you know what? I, I feel like I hear that. And yeah, it, it, it's a difficult one, right? Because the challenge that brings then is trying to design a system that doesn't unfairly disadvantage the, the poorest in society, right? Which the Tory government will do. Correct. Um but yeah, I don't. I don't think when I've thought about this in the past, I don't think I've ever thought about it from the position of the employees of the NHS. Because yeah, I I agree that there are some elements where competition would improve, help to improve the the quality, right? Because if you know that by underpaying uh, or undervaluing the these highly skilled uh, people. I, I don't think there's any other industry in the UK that has this level of um, investment on the individual side to get to the um, qualification and and capability level that you need for healthcare that gets so poorly valued with no alternative or no real alternative. So, I mean, like the closest thing would be the emergency services but even then there are there are some private services or there are hmm yeah this was actually a difficult one you've you've raised a good question there Nessie. And i don't think that private private necessarily works a hundred percent better because actually in some ways sometimes private companies can be they can shaft you in, in exactly the same way but I think if you compare, for example, salaries here and salaries in the US, doctors' salaries in the US are astronomical compared to here. Yeah, but the the cost of that is on the on the customer, right? Yeah, it, 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 to be honest, it doesn't have to be that way. But yeah, the, it's it's but their debts are also astronomical because the, the whole the whole way the system works in terms of like America is just capitalism or steroids. So their student debt is insane, yeah. and their salary kind of almost makes up for the fact that their student debt is like completely insane our student debt isn't as bad as it is in america mm. so like the, you don't need to like it's not the same but i do think there is something about that if you only have one employer it is very it's very difficult to then for the employee to have that much power 
so obviously, you know, you have the unions and the unions can strike, but you can see, but also because of the way the population feels about the NHS, when healthcare workers strike, when nurses strike, there's a little bit more solidarity, but especially when doctors strike, the population doesn't have that much solidarity with them because as far as they're concerned, yeah, doctors are still paid better than like, and it's, and it's true, doctors are paid better than a lot of kind of low you know, other like low paying jobs or yeah, but their jobs are not, are not as, highly their jobs aren't life and death though. Yeah, no, I, exactly. No, I agree. But what I'm saying is that the public sympathy maybe isn't there. So I'm saying in terms of your leverage, in terms of communicating that you want better pay, it's difficult because if you don't have the option to strike in the same way as other industries, because if you like, you, there's a minimum kind of time period that really that, that nurses and doctors can strike, right? Before it gets a bit like you can't really do that. You're not going to strike for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Is that the option isn't there. Where, so, and then also, you've only got one employer. So if that employer is not coming to the table, they're like, we refuse to budge, what can you actually do? And I think that's part of the problem. And I'm not saying, I don't know if, I don't know enough about all different health systems to know whether that would be that much different in, for example, the or whatever. Maybe it wouldn't. But definitely you can see across the Western world in terms of pay, um, I think generally the public sector in the UK, the, the pay is is low enough that it's like, if you're working in these jobs, you shouldn't be struggling to afford a mortgage or afford to even just rent in the area where you work. So you're finding that nurses can't rent in the area where they work, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, that's mad. No, I agree. You should, that's to, you, should to rent, you should be able to rent a room in the place, like near enough to the hospital that you work. Like that should be basic. Well, yeah, I mean... I feel like in terms of this conversation, we will be probably having to find alternative ways. But I think that the issue is in terms of the model that works the best, part of the reason this model doesn't work is because it's, well, the reason this model doesn't work is because of the government that we have in place. It's because of the government. Like if you do, if you have a government that truly values people that work in the health system, then they'll get paid. They'll get paid like decent wages. But yeah, like you say, I guess, for especially for the work that doctors and because I feel like if people don't know what people NHS workers have to go through sometimes they just don't get it but from hearing about these stories firsthand I'm like these lot should be paid double probably triple what they're being paid now so it feels like yeah if you have some competition there then the government realize oh I can't just pay them nothing because we're the only wow did we just did we just say this is why cap- <laughs> capitalism in cases works? No, I'm like, not saying that. No, nah, but it's not capitalism. No, nah, but it's more like I don't know. It's competition. It, it, it's competition that works. Yeah, competition like, works if you have such a, a disgustingly capitalist place that I don't know. There's not really another option. But that's what I'm saying. I don't feel like yeah. I feel like if you just had a good government that was prepared yeah. to fund the NHS fully, you actually wouldn't even need this conversation because no. people wouldn't be like. No one's asking to be paid ridiculously astronomical weight. Like no one's like doctors don't go into medicine thinking they're going to be paid the same as hedge fund managers. Yeah. Like even though they should. I think to be honest, they maybe should. They should. But like you don't go into that thinking that you should. You just you're just asking for like to for the fact that you've gone to university. To be fairly for six compensated years for what you've and you actually have to deal with the stress. You're of, like, doing life saving work. Yeah, to be fairly compensated. Nurses don't feel like they're going to be paid astronomical amounts, but nurses should be able to feed their families, not go to food banks, buy a house in a, in like close enough to the place they work so they have to travel like two, three hours for work. Like these are all basic things. And I, I just don't think it's asking for that much. And I think 
some of the public who are like, oh, we're fed up with like blah blah, blah winding. You should be able to save. I just think you want to ask yourself when you go to hospital, do you want somebody to treat you who is tired and who doesn't really want to be there? Regardless of how you feel, my thing is if you're dealing with like, for example, if I'm thinking about possibly having children in the future, I do not want a midwife who doesn't really want to be there and who is kind of like overworked and tired and resentful. Like, I don't want that person near my baby. I, I really, truly don't. So <laughs> just think about like, for your own sake, would you not just want that person to be like, well rested, well compensated and feel like they have a supportive environment? It's just better for everybody. Yeah, but no offence. I feel like people who feel that way probably shouldn't be allowed to vote. Don't have the don't have this don't have the brain space or capacity necessary. Um so. Well if people had brain space or capacity, they'll realise that most of the people who've actually voted for the Tories is not in their best economic best interest or social yeah. best interest to do that. Like this the stupidity is outstanding. Yeah, but this is why dictatorships work, guys. Um, anyway, what? we're, move, we're moving on to the. <laughs> we're moving on to the. the last okay, point. wait. You know what? For the sake of my job, I retract that statement. <laughs> so we moving on to. So just the. Just it depends quickly. on the, no, no. Shut up, Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think just quickly before we move on to the last topic, I know this is just a PSA to understand how bad things are in the UK. In case you didn't know, they are trying to introduce strike laws now which will stop people from being able to um, take industrial action. Um, and so, yeah, Rishi Sunak has basically assaulted <laughs> democracy, basically. So, um, and so the, the and law, labor laws, labor rights, yeah. sorry, workers' rights. So just, just so people know, trade unions, in, and under the provisions of this new law, so I'm reading from The Guardian here, trade unions in sectors such as health, education, rail and fire would be required to keep a minimum service level running during a strike, effectively voiding the right of workers to withdraw their labour. If workers don't abide by this, they could be sacked. In practice, this means that significant numbers of workers who would want to strike would be forbidden from doing so and that trade unions would be required to ask them to cross their colleagues' picket, picket lines. Um, so yeah. Can they do this? My question is, can they actually do this? Yes. Yeah, but do you know why it doesn't work? Because if everybody strikes, are they going to fire all of them? Are they going to fire all the doctors? If all doctors strike or all the nurses strike, they're going to fire all of them. They're not going to fire all the nurses. They're not going to do that. The danger won't be on the individuals. It'll be on their ability to sue the unions. They can shut down the unions. And that's the bigger issue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then they'd have to just organise without a union. Exactly. But they shouldn't even have to do that. No, of course not. But I'm just, I'm just trying to think that, like, if it, if it did happen, if as long as they were organised enough, like, they can't, they're not going to fire everybody. But it's ve- yeah. that's very difficult to do. The reason why unions exist is they just need to get in one big WhatsApp group. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, people are traitors. People are not always down for the cause. I mean, it's not no, even just true. down for the cause. People are trying to feed their families now. Like, listen, I can't afford to lose yeah. my job, like even for yeah. even for a week. Yeah. So I really, what needs to happen, especially in this economy, like a week's pay is tell me the difference between you've been in your house or not. To me, the obvious thing that needs to happen here is a general strike. That to me is obvious. Just yes. Like, just a three days, maybe a week, <clears throat> and just bankrupt the place. I... People only hear money. <laughs> that's what it comes down to but can we just like can we just 
protest against the entire why doesn't this country know how to protest no 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 because this country has all the vim in the world for Meghan markle could you harness that hate and march against your government please isn't protest illegal now Oh yeah. oh yeah there's there's also that it's not illegal is it like, like, like they, they, police can basically arrest you for anything now yeah like basically. in a protest they can arrest you it's, it's what's it it's the, what's the um the app called the police and protesting something something basically they can just arrest you for anything so <laughs> for now i think the guy who there's a guy who shouted at king charles and he was like yeah, he got arrested. Little, isn't that the guy who um, threw the egg at him no 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 it's no it's just the guy who shouted there's a guy who just shouted there's someone who threw an egg or was that a different guy I think that's a different guy. This guy just shouted stuff at him and he's got a court case coming up because the police arrested him under the... That, what is that actual? I think it's called the Public Disorder Act or something. I think it's a public... God, <coughs> I think it's, it's a public, it's a public order bill. That's what it is, it's, a public order it's bill. It's the Policing Act. Oh. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So the Policing Act. So they, they, he's, he's been arrested under that and he's got a court case coming up. So, which is why I keep saying to Harry's like, I'm going to go on this protest and I'm like, let these white people do the footwork. No, and, and I'm also, this is, so, I, again, I hear what Nezzy's saying, but she also doesn't understand that some protests are just not that simple. When I've protested Jamaica 50 and I've gone to those protests, this is black people, this is our protest, we're going to it. If I get arrested, so be it. That's just life. Oh, I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, which is fine. You you might not want to protest and that's fine, but you don't have to deal with that. You are not dealing with the after effects of your your parent being shipped back off to a country that they don't Hold know. Hold on, let's not get into just because I'm not protesting, I'm not supporting. You can do other things like donate money, which are equally But important. protesting is yeah, just as important. However, but yeah, but then basically the people who go on the front line should just be people who, I don't know, somebody else that's just not you. Because why? Anyway, so... I just the, like, um, <laughs> so they're, I'm, they're professional activists. Anyway, the thing is, though, that's, that's why nothing gets done in this country. Oh, it's because no, people thing, leave things no, to the, the professional though, activists. Like, protesting is so necessary, though. Yes. Do you not no, know I how many things... I agree it is. Like, no, no, no. Guys, come on, it's me. I do agree that it is. I'm just... This is my, this is my sibling, obviously. Like, Yeah, so if anything, what you should thing. be my saying is, is, come, let's go together. Absolutely not. <laughs> I absolutely will not be but, attending any protests. <laughs> yeah, which is Sorry. which is fine, but and that's that's the decision that you make. But for me, not in this current climate, not with this policing act. Because uh, honestly, like, yeah, but if I it don't... was outside of that, I just I just feel like the risk is so great. And I know as a black person, I'm going to be the first person to be targeted with some random arrest or something. Yes, like but you, you, but okay, fine. If these are protests that white people, I'm the are last doing. person to be helped. But where was where when uh, Imogen? Whose daddy is a is civil rights lawyer or whatever is arrested. She has so the ability to mobilize and get herself out of that jail cell in a way that I don't do. <sighs> so I'm going to let Emmy do what she does best, which is all of make that, trouble all and of, listen, All of that is fine, but I'm just telling you the protests which are organized by Black people. I'm showing up to. If I get arrested, then just that's just life. That's the cost of. Then we'll have your bail ready. You know what I'm saying? Just have my bail ready. Anyway, the last the last thing is: Would you give up your seat on a plane? So that kids can sit with their parents. I don't know. Apparently this is going around. One of you lot suggested it. Kids? Of course. So, wait, would you? No. So I'll explain. So this is the thing. This happens on Twitter every two weeks, which I find funny because Twitter is the, is the queen of circular conversations. Every two weeks <laughs> on Twitter, someone says they got on a plane and um, they, like there were two parents like, and they were separated from their two kids. And the parents were like, can you, can you like move seats so that our child can sit next to us? 
And there's always a debate as to whether you should move or whether you should just, whether it's like the parents' problem that they should have paid for. To reserve the seat. Yeah. To reserve the seat. Like, why should you move? I mean, personally, 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 I would move because I don't really care where I sit on the plane. Oh, no, wait, I do. Hold on. I do. I do. (laughs) I'm very particular about my window seat. Oh, if you had it, no, if you had a window seat and they ask you to move in the window seat, it's like, no, you have to, you're going to have to. They ask you to move for the seat that you've chosen. So it's not like you just random allocated seating. You've paid for the seat, you've chosen the seat, and they're asking you to move because they want to serve their kids in. Like, yeah, so if it was a situation where it's well I guess if it was a situation where it's one parent then I'm wondering why you went with your kid anyway but if it's two parents and you're both your kids are separated mm, I've just never seen this debate on Twitter I've normally seen the Twitter debate no, where I've normally seen the Twitter debate where it's like oh it's t- like it's a couple like and they've been separate and they're asking to sit together in that situation go oh, away don't no. bother me <laughs> no the answer, the answer will forever be no how has you been separated my business no unless it like to be honest i'm quite chill in terms of like as long as it's a seat that i like i'll move like i'm not i'm not like a screw it's not like i sat here first i'm gonna sit here if they offered me a seat and it was like the other side of the plane but it was also a window seat i'm calm i don't really care like i'll move but if it's a seat that if it's like a middle seat, if it's the middle seat in the middle aisle, so sorry guys. I'm so- even if it's a kid, I'm really sorry. Like the thing, I think the thing is in America, you're not always in America. It's slightly different in America. I might be more sympathetic because I think sometimes you can't always reserve. Yeah, and like, in America they overbook planes as well. Yeah, exactly. So stuff like that is different. But in England, there's absolutely no way because in England you 100% can pay to reserve your seat. And if you haven't done that, that is 100% your problem. And I'm not moving. I'm, like, I'm so sorry. Unless it's a seat that I prefer or a seat that's equal to the one that I'm sitting at. Then Timmy can cope with his toy by himself with the flight. Sorry. That's how I feel. Yeah. Maybe I'm a bad person. <laughs> I don't know. But here's the thing. I just think it's like, it's just personal. If you want to, if you don't want to, I don't think you're bad for not doing it. I just think like, it's just whatever. Well, people were very like, sort of, they were like, if you don't move for a kid... Then you're just a horrible person. Yeah, but and they're like, well, then my kids just gonna sit next to you and throw up on you the whole time. I hope you enjoy it. And I was like, okay, again, I mm, I think I want to understand no. the circumstances because again, if it's a family and like, I don't know, one 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 partner's got one kid and the other one's got the other, then I'm just like, guys, you're fine. And I think it depends on how young the kid is. If it's like a three, like a, well, four year olds don't sit by themselves. Anyway, if it was like a four year old or a three year old, then to be honest, regardless of the circumstances, I'm probably going to move so that you can say it's your mom. If it's like an eight, nine year old, then I'm sorry, they can cope. Like it's not the end of the world. Like they'll be fine. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I probably um, the way my uh, I fully I'm turning into the auntie. The way my auntie self is turning, like I'm turning, I'm just like fine. If it's a teenager, don't bother me. No, but say like. I feel like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think it's, it depends. If you paid for a window seat and it's like you have a flat, particular thing about flat, like you paid for a window seat. Like they can just ask somebody, they can ask somebody else, isn't it? It also depends on what the airline prepares to do. Like if the airline is like, we'll, re- we'll reimburse you for Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll be like, okay, do you know what? Fair enough. Like, well, you're going to reimburse me to business class. Yeah, fine. All that stuff. Like, you're going to reimburse me, it's fine. But you know some seats you actually have to, yeah, you have to pay extra to reserve them. So if I've paid extra to reserve a seat and then I'm being moved to a random seat, like, yeah. and also I just think there's also, there's a racial element to this. 
I feel like a lot of white people are just entitled. Like, I'm sorry, they're very entitled, especially these like middle class white moms. And they kind of feel like the world should shift for them and their kid. And I'm like, no. That's true. Mm, Where's the lie? In fact, the world world doesn't shift for you and your child. Like, I'm sorry that you didn't make the appropriate plans, but you also don't have to learn that you just don't get what you want all the time. It may actually be a revolutionary act of resistance for you to stay in your seat. My revolutionary act of resistance is when I don't move out their way on on the pavement. In yeah. fact, yeah, that's that's what we're going to end with. What is your revolutionary act of resistance against? against I white don't house? move for white people on the pavement. I, I don't. That. I refuse. No, because I'm walking. You can move as well. But something I learned when I started doing that is the amount of white people that expect that you will be the one to move. Yeah, I do. Hundred And I don't see that with other races. And it's subconscious. They don't even realize. Yeah, they don't even realize that they do it. It's the expect. It's the expectation that you will go out of your way to make them a little bit more comfortable. And I have been doing this for a few years, and I'm simply saying no. The most I'm doing it for is if you have a pram. (laughs) If if you have, have, yeah, if you have a pram then I'm absolutely jumping out your way. Madam, like, I'm not making your life any harder. You have a screaming child. Let me get out your way. But if but... you're holding that, if you're holding that little nigga, <laughs> get out my way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I didn't realise? Tunde, as the only person who's a parent, yeah. what was your perspective on the on the plane thing? Yeah, we didn't I guess you. I guess it's different. Maybe my perspective is it's harsher because I don't have kids. But maybe once I have kids, I will feel completely the opposite. Um, I'm not qualified yet because... My child is still sit on your lap. So if I'm asking you for a seat, I'm definitely taking a mic. Okay, but you know <laughs> yeah, what? I'm glad that you understood and you stood in your truth. Hold on, no, no, wait, guys. We're letting Tunde fence it. That's not the question. The question is, what would you do if you're being asked to give up your seat? Oh, if I I thought you were asking me if I was the parent. If I was no, the parent. No, no, I mean, because he's a parent, he has a different perspective. What would you do if somebody asked you to give up their seat? Give up your seat so they can sit next to their kid because they didn't reserve a seat before. Uh, nah, man. Sorry, I'm I'm not great on planes anyway. Once I'm on the plane, I don't want to be disturbed. <laughs> nah, we'll talk. Said, I'm protecting my peace. Yeah. You know, what? and now that you said that, I feel better because if somebody who has a kid can feel the same way, then I feel like I'm good. No, because the this is the thing. I think if you want to take the risk. As a parent, if you know your child is going to need their own... Yeah, so like I was saying, I absolutely would give up my... <laughs> <laughs> Come see a traitor. <laughs> uh, yeah, may- maybe it's because I've not been there, but I feel like if you know that your child is going to need a seat and there's a risk that if you don't book it, like your child is going to struggle or is going to be stressed out by the by not being together. Again, take take responsibility, book the seat. Like, because I know me when I'm traveling, I'm not paying extra just for a seat. There is not a single, actually that's a lie. I might do it if it's like an Emirates flight because those flights were luxurious and they were lovely. But anything else, I'm like, look, put me wherever you put me. Each one of these seats is going to be too small, too cramped. And there's probably someone going to be leaning over me, falling asleep on my shoulder. So let's go. 
But if you take the risk and it doesn't, if it doesn't uh, fall the way you want it to fall, sorry, bro. The game is the game. Game is the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, last question on, we're still on you. What is your revolutionary act of resistance against whiteness? This is very difficult because I don't even know. Boy, that means you ain't got one. So I tell you what mine is. I'm trying. I would love to know. Solution is for this year is to stop saying sorry. You know, there's the little sorry. Like, oh, sorry. You know that thing that you do, like maybe if you accidentally bump, like, if you bump to someone or whatever it is, like it's just, a very British thing to do to say oh, sorry. Like you know, you someone's. Like someone might be inconveniencing you, and you say, "Sorry, could you?" So, it's no. I'm cutting sorry, sorry out of my vocabulary. That is my revolutionary act of resistance. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nezi, what's yours? Oh, I'm torn on this one. I feel like my <clears throat> act of resistance was was. I'm torn because, like, the Christian side of me and the side of me that just likes to help people. I'm always given unsolicited help to white people. And very often they respond quite rudely. And I feel like I just need to stop doing it. Can you give an example, please? So for example, I went to, when I went to Thailand on honeymoon, there was a white woman outside the temple and she was like, I think she's probably like accent. I think she's probably like from Germany or something like that. And they, she was basically, basically dressed inappropriately for the temple. Right. So she was in a pair of like batty riders and like a strapless top. And they were like, you can't come in. And she was like, all like, up in arms, like she didn't understand, like why can't, and I was trying to, so then I could see that she was like, she was with her partner and she was like just a bit agitated. Now. And so I literally was like, I think she was like, cause she really wanted to go in, but she didn't have the correct clothing. And so me being me, like, <laughs> like my husband was just like, whatever, like this is my business, let's walk up the steps. And I went over to her and I was like, oh, you do know there's like, um, like you can buy like little scarves, like outside the temple and you can just like wrap them around you and like, kind of trying to help her be like you can still go in you just need to probably just go and get a scarf from outside and she just gave me the dirtiest look and like carried on talking to her partner and I was like I'm trying to be (laughs) I was trying to be helpful and I just feel like this has happened more than once to me and I don't know if and I the reason I feel it's racially specific is because when it when it's when it's I've done it to like black people other people of color they're often quite like like oh thank you do you know what I mean like or respond quite well but I found specifically especially with white women sometimes they just ignore me or they or maybe my maybe it's me maybe I just need to sort of give an unsolicited advice to people like maybe that's something to re- to reflect on the new year anyway <laughs> I <laughs> like I just try to be helpful sometimes I see people just I'm like let me try and help and the response is just like who are you and why are you talking to me so I think my revolutionary act is to stop having so much sympathy for random middle-class white women who don't want my advice or help I think that's a good idea because you know what, as you're explaining it, I would be hard pressed to think that that woman did not know that there are rules to going into the temple. You're probably correct, yes. And in her eyes, the rules don't apply to her because she wants to go in. Mm. So however she was dressed for the day is how she's dressed for the day and the people in the temple would have to deal. I think that, yeah, I think that was the vibe. Because she seemed very outraged. And I was like, but like, this is like a place of worship. Like, it's not weird. <laughs> it's not weird that they have a dress code. Like, this is very, like, why would you go to a temple in Batty Riders? It's just weird. 
I think you'll find Jesus said, come as you are. I mean, I'm joking. You never I'm said that. Joking. I do uh, uh, the things that that's actually not in, is that in the word? It is not. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where you liberal Christian. Christians got that from. But you can come to church in Batty Riders. Oh yeah, time. absolutely. No, but yeah. You can. Yeah, Let's not can. do a disservice to Christianity, guys. But you shouldn't. No, no, you can. You can. No, no, no. I don't usually say you shouldn't. No, it's not even that. No, you shouldn't. If you're if you're impromptu and you're on your battery riders and you just wouldn't you feel moved to go to church and yeah, fine. But come I'm saying to church. if you're planning to yeah, come yeah. to Yeah, yeah. I would say if you're planning Don't wear battery riders, yeah, like yeah, maybe. disrespectful. But if you're on the street and you feel moved to go to the house of the Lord and battery riders, then yeah, obviously go. Like come, pray, do what you'll do your thing. But this is obviously a planned trip, so I don't know why she decided to whatever. But anyway. Because you'll find that for Mazungas the rules don't apply to them. Yeah, and I think that's probably what it was. So anyway, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's but she's big pissed. Right? She's big pissed that they've actually held true to their standard, and they said, "No, ma'am, not for you." Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm conflicted on that. So I don't know if that's going to be my revolutionary act because I feel like it's just it's not in me to see someone and not try and offer a hand. But we'll see. Well, that ends today's edition of Tales from the Plantation Volume 47. I've been your host, Harry Tubman. We've also had Nezi, uh, Tunde and Tasha with us. Thank you all for tuning in. Continue to follow us at Plantation Tales on Twitter, Instagram Tales from the Plantation, Facebook Tales from the Plantation, and you can hashtag Tales from the Plantation to continue the conversation. Um, And you can find this podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, wherever you can get good podcasts. This podcast Peace. is sponsored by Spotify. No, it's not. It's anyway, not. It's not. Peace <laughs> One and day. we're out. Bye. Bye. Bye.